Welcome to the Stop Ruining My Childhood podcast. A sometimes nostalgic, sometimes cynical look back at pop culture. Join us as we revisit movies, cartoons, and live-action TV of the 80s and 90s and ask the question... Hey, does this hold up or did I just ruin my childhood? Hey, I'm Megan. <laughs> and I'm Steve. <laughs> That's the second time we've done Hayes in there. <laughs> I'm mixing it up a little bit. Yeah, we gotta we gotta keep it fresh, that right? Way, that way listeners know it's not all pre-recorded. That's true. Today we are talking about the 1960s cartoon, actually, 1960s and 70s, Scooby-Doo. Where are you? Yes. That's really important to get the second part in there because there were so many different versions of Scooby-Doo, and we'll talk about all those in our history and fun facts. But for now... Our favorite segment of the show, the non-sponsored snack segment. Yes. Sixlets. Sixlets. Which I think are really... They have kind of an interesting history, so why don't you try some and I'll, okay. I'll talk about it for a minute. So, this first thing I'm going to notice before you get into it is that this is not how I remember Sixlets coming. No! Sixlets, uh, it, from what I can remember, were all were usually in like a little, they were in a line mm-hmm. and packaged in cellophane, but in like a little, in a package that basically had them all lined up in like a little tube almost. Yeah, and each little in co- each color that they made was in a yeah, tube. So and this is just like a cellophane bag basically with a bunch of them in it. Yeah. Um so that's kind of interesting. We picked Sixlets because like Scooby-Doo they started in the 1960s. So Oakleaf Confections was a Canadian company and they first sold these in 1960 for Leaf Brands. They also made another candy called Fivesomes and Fivesomes were like small whoppers. And so there were five in the package, the little kind of almost tube you're talking okay. about. And then the sixlets, there were six in the package. Whoppers are like the caramel no, Whoppers no. are the, oh. um, like the malt ball. Oh, okay, like a Milk Dud. No, a Milk Dud is the caramel. Oh, I'm getting them mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, so when your first let said, said mini Whoppers, I thought Burger King. <laughs> and I was like, how the heck did they do little burgers? <laughs> I wondered why you gave me that face. No, Whoppers, like the malted like the milk malt candy. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, they basically were ripping off other candies. They were like, what if we made a smaller Whopper and a bigger M&M? And then the the idea was that you would package them together. So it was like six candies for a penny or yeah. for five cents yeah. or whatever. And, and these, then these, the aren't, wa- these aren't really bigger than M&Ms. They're like, but they're round instead of like, like disc shaped like an M&M. Yeah. Well, these aren't. But I think the ones that came in that original long package okay. were. So there would be six in a little package. And the fivesomes, there were five. Okay. They were a little bit bigger. Initially, they made these to try to sell them in gumball machines. They were going to make a bigger version and have it be almost like the jawbreaker. Yeah. Um, but then they instead, they decided to put them in the little package. So these were red, brown, yellow, green, blue, and orange in the beginning. And I think those are the same colors we've got here. Um, they do a pink and white version for Easter, a red and green or for Christmas, um, and a teal, purple, green, and black for Halloween. So, yeah, we found these at a kind of a little shop that had some, like... Nostalgic candies kind of things. And other stuff, too. Yeah, yeah that was kind of nostalgic. Um, all right, I'm going in. Okay. What are your impressions? You know, 
They're pretty good. Obviously, they're like a little chocolate with a candy coating, very much as you said, like M&M's. But the chocolate, the chocolate seems a little bit more bitter to me than M&M chocolate. Yeah. Or Hershey's chocolate. This is um, Right? Weird. Is that what, is, is that the taste? Does it feel bitter no. to you? I think, um, okay. Sorry. I think what I'm getting, I could be wrong. The candy coating has a tiny bit of fruit flavoring in it. Do you see any fruit flavoring in there? I uh, uh, no, but you know what you could be tasting is yellow dye number five and six. No, nope. red dye number <laughs> three and forty. Blue dye number one. Um, the blue and, lake. And blue dye number two. So it, it could be, it could no. be a lot of those things. It's some kind of a preservative or a citric acid or something. And then the the, the tapioca. It maybe tapioca. I don't know. The way that the tapioca is processed, it could sometimes chocolate has some like fruity notes to it, mm -hmm. but I think it's the the candy coating, and then the chocolate is cheap chocolate. It's very waxy, and there's like a coating of wax on my tongue. This well, is these also are not good. Canuba uh, wax in it. Oh, that's there. There yeah, you go. There you yeah. Go. So you you got the wax hint right. right I away. definitely got the hints of wax. Yeah, these are not M and M's. No. I had memories of these. Like I said, I remember them in the little, like, six at a time in a little tube. Yeah. They weren't big. They were actually, to my, if I remember right, they were littler. Mm. They were, like, little dots. Oh, okay. Little pellets almost, or BB kind of things that were different colors, and they were chocolate. Um, and I remember getting them. I don't know if I got them, like, during Halloween mm. or where I would have picked these up because it's not something I would have necessarily just purchased. They might have been, like... In those, you know how sometimes your convenience stores when you're growing up had like the little nickel bins? Yeah. They might have been in there yeah. maybe, but I, I recall having them occasionally. So, I don't want you to make fun of me for this. My mom had a membership to a racquetball club because <laughs> it was the 80s. Right. So, there was a racquetball club just down the hill from where we lived. And... um. Yeah, and my mom had a membership there, and they had a track as well, and I think some gym equipment. So it was kind of like a gym, but mostly it was for racquetball, which I love. I wish there was a racquetball club here. Anyway, um, so there was a uh, like a daycare where you drop the kids off while you play racquetball for an hour. Right. And they always had the cheapest snacks in there. <laughs> so my memories are like being in this kind of daycare type thing. And I'm bored and like coloring or reading a book and watching my mom kind of be on the track or go with her like little racquetball outfit to go play racquetball. Mm -hmm. And they'd give us six lids, which I did not care for. And now I remember why. And the other thing that they gave us, which I did love, were the cheese crackers with the peanut butter in the middle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, the ones that came in the little packs. Yeah. So you have to know that I was like three when this happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you know how kids start, like, they'll eat weird stuff? Yeah. So I started asking my mom to make me peanut butter and cheese sandwiches. And I full-on ate peanut because of those crackers. Because the cheese peanut butter crackers. And I ate peanut butter and cheese sandwiches for probably, I don't know, three or four years. Maybe until I was in about second grade. Were those Keebler? They, those, I, they were not like at the racquetball club. No, the racquetball club was not <laughs> no, the Keebler version. No. no, I think they had the Keebler version. No, they had these like and sixlets too. It was like a cheap like little 
I don't. What they had them in was like a little vending machine, right? So they'd give you like a little snack. So that's you, where you would think I they would. A racquetball club like hits me as kind of swanky, like a yacht club or a country. You'd think they'd have the the good. That's keyboard why I backers. thought you were gonna make fun of me because you were gonna be like, "It's so waspy." <laughs> I was. I was really holding back. <laughs> but it really no. This wasn't like it wasn't like a swanky place. It was like it was like a gym that happened okay. to have some racquetball courts. I, I know feel like that's put all their money into the racquetball courts and they didn't care about the little kids in daycare. Yeah, I mean, it was, it might have been swanky, like, in the 60s or 70s when it first opened. Oh, okay. But by the time it closed, when I was probably in, like, fourth grade, so not that long after that. So that's where you had sixlets. Yeah, that's where I had sixlets. So, one out of five for the snack, one out of ten for the show. And we are rating on Scooby Snacks today. Okay, so what are you going to rate it? Oh, this is a solid one. I would never eat these again. Really? A one? It is a one. This is the grossest chocolate. I don't know where the fruit flavor is coming from. I don't want a wax coating on my tongue. No, this is candy cigarette territory. I don't know if it's that harsh. I mean, I don't like it. Or candy cigarette. Candy cigarettes are awesome. I don't know what your problem is, but to me, there's one is very terrible. Like one is, to me, one is circus peanuts. Yeah. Okay. Something that you would not feed your worst enemy because they will vomit. I mean, if you want to eat these, go ahead. and circus peanuts are not even close to being in the same category. Listen, we have leftover candy from like, we're on episode 36 right now. We have leftover candy from like episode five. Okay. I would rather eat that than whatever is in that bag. I can't take it. I'm giving it a one. What are you giving it? I'm giving it a three. Mm. <laughs> okay. I would say it's an average candy. You give gummy worms a three. This tastes like garbage. Yeah. No, gummy worms were like, they were okay. Because those gummy worms were like, eh. I know. Um, These are the same. Like, they're not bad. They're a chocolate candy coated snack, um, but they're not fantastic. Okay. So, two, two Scooby, Scooby snacks. snacks. Out of five. Out of five, yeah. Two out of five Scooby snacks for six lits. Pick them up wherever weird vintage candies are sold. Okay, so kind of disappointing, but let's get into the show. So, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? is on, it's in a couple different places. We watched it for free on Tubi, um, and you can also not Tubi, and see it if you have the Boomerang Network, um, which a lot of people do if they have little kids. Um, the Boomerang Network is available through Prime as like a station on Prime. So you can watch it there too. So, Steve, can you give us a summary for people who have maybe never seen any iteration of Scooby-Doo? Yeah, so let's start off. First off, we want to men- I want to mention, you know, we did, as Megan kind of mentioned very early when she introduced it, we are talking about Scooby-Doo, which started, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? The first iteration we're discussing specifically started in 1967. So I know some of you out there going, wait a second, this is a show all about the 80s and 90s. Yeah, we understand that, but we chose Scooby-Doo because there were later iterations. But also, in my recollection, this version was on all the time in the 80s. Yeah, it's hard to tell because the animation, I feel like they, until recently, they really didn't change too much. Yeah. So. So it was something that would definitely, to me, hit Scream's 80s of Scooby-Doo. So Scooby-Doo, as a quick summary, is about four teenagers, 
Fred, Shaggy, Velma, and Daphne, and their talking dog, Scooby-Doo, who travel around and basically come across mysteries, um, very much Murder, She Wrote-like. Yeah. <laughs> where they just happen to be in an area where they stumble across a mystery, and there's usually some kind of a ghost or monster involved, and then at the end of almost every episode, it's revealed to be a person who was utilizing some kind of a legend or myth to try to, you know, break the law or steal money or something like that. Yeah, that's a good... Or do murders. No, I'm or, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good um, explanation. It is very... I say interesting too much on this show, but it's interesting to me how this started because we've talked a lot about how... Um, Shows like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and G.I. Joe and, and even um, He-Man, right? That they had more violence in them. Right. In the 80s because the rules changed for um, what could be shown on TV, yeah. right? Well, so this basically came out of the opposite end of that. So in the 1960s... There were a lot, on Saturday morning, there were a lot of shows for kids that had quite a bit of violence. Um, and there were things like action shows and superhero shows like Superman and mm -hmm. the Herculoids. Yeah. <laughs> things like that. And so people were kind of asking for shows that had less violence in them for kids. So basically, um, the group with Hanna-Barbera, they put out the Archie show. <laughs> Okay. Based on the Archie comics, and it was uh, kind of based on the Archie comics. So it was like a group of kids who were all in a band together, and it was like antics. Right. Right? And that's how we got the wonderful um, Sugar Sugar song. So then they decided to pitch this show that originally they called The Mysteries 5, and it was going to have five teens and their dog um, who were all in a band. Yeah. And the dog played bongos, which I think is kind of hilarious. And then it was supposed to be like when the teenagers weren't out performing gigs, um, that they would be solving spooky mysteries that were going to be actual ghosts, though, like ghosts and zombies mm. and monsters and stuff. And the networks were basically like, no <laughs> they liked kind of part of the idea mm -hmm. but they really didn't want it to be too scary for kids so the first version was kind of scrapped and instead um barbara wanted to do kind of a similar thing but make the dog a great dane um they thought at first it would be too much like marmaduke okay so the artist Iwa Takamoto consulted somebody who was a breeder of Great Danes and then took a lot of time to like have it be like the legs were like bowed out and mm -hmm. it had and it had like a double chin and a sloped back. So little abnormalities that could be in Great Danes. But when you put them all together, it's like a caricature. Right. Make the dog funnier. Um, and then they were basically influenced by two different things. And the first was Abbott and Costello. <laughs> Have you ever seen those? Yes. Like the Meets Frankenstein? Yep, the mystery or... yep. Yeah, so Abbott and Costello did, a th did um, start on the radio, but then they had these kind of funny 
like comedy horror kind of movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein and Alan and Abbott and Costello meet the mummy and like those kind of things. Um, and then they were also influenced. And I thought that this was the weirdest thing because I know this show, but most people don't. They were, they were inspired by the loves of Dobie Gillis. Okay. So you've seen me watching that before, right? It's that black and white. Dobie Gillis is a black and white show. Mm-hmm. And it has, um, it stars before he was on Gilligan's Island. Bob Denver. Yes. Yeah. And he play who we also saw in Fantasy Island. I could see where they pull Shaggy from him. Yeah. He, Maynard G. Krebs is like the first beatnik on TV. Right. And so Shaggy's inspired by him, and then um, Dobie Gillis is, like, the clean-cut All-American, and that's where, like, when you look at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, Fred definitely mm-hmm. resembles that actor. Um, and then they had um, Zelda and Talia, and that's where they got Velma and Daphne. Okay. So it's just interesting because it's such a random show. I think it was only on in the 50s for, like, maybe one season. And it had kind of maybe a comic book that went along mm. with it. Um, but well, yeah. it influenced, obviously influenced the people at Hanna-Barbera enough that they... Yeah, the people who were doing the writing. So, again, they tried to do, like, more of a, you know, a scary kind of thing. And then they decided to um, make it more comical. And <laughs> this is one of my favorite comments. <laughs> Somebody commented... On one of the articles I wrote, they were like, that's why Scooby-Doo's a good show, because it teaches kids that ghosts aren't real. And I'm like, is that what it teaches kids? <laughs> I don't think this show teaches really anything. I, I would think that the lesson is really the monsters are among us. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but the parental groups uh, were not as upset about this, I guess. And so the FCC didn't um, didn't ban it because it didn't have like wall-to-wall monsters, right? Mm-hmm. Anything like that. There's no real violence at all in it. No, yeah, not really. It is, it is really supposed to be quite funny. There's some slapsticky stuff between Shaggy and Scooby, but there's no if you think about it, the episodes we watch, there's no like there's no the villains are never really like hitting the be- good guys or vice versa. There's a lot of chasing, right. but not actually catching really. Right. Fred Silverman was the network executive who helped create this and he also oversaw All in the Family Mash and Roots. Like those would not have been aired if it were not for him. Mm. But he also oversaw like a bunch of stuff that didn't go well. Okay. <laughs> like the Brady Bunch Hour, Thick of the Night, Pink Lady and Jeff, like like things, things like we've that. never heard of. Things now, that you yeah. may have never yeah, things that you may never have heard of. So total with Scooby Doo, where are you? That was the original, and we did watch the pilot, which we're gonna talk about yep. when we come back. But it, there were fifteen comics. 45 films now a lot of those were like direct-to-video yep but some of them like the one in 2002 the big live action like it was a major movie right with right? freddie prince jr yeah and Michelle Geller, yeah um and there's another one with mindy kaling i oh, don't really? know i it might be in development yeah she plays velma and i'm not sure who else is in it oh no the one the one i liked which that i was thinking of velma was played by um the girl from 
freaks and geeks. Yeah. Um, Forget her name. Yeah. And and um, Sarah Michelle Gellar played Daphne. Right. Right. And yep. Freddie Prince Jr. And was... the guy from Scream played Shaggy. Yep. Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. So there were forty six short short. There were forty six short films. 13 television series, a okay. web series, for, and then it says 14 animated series, but I think it's counting the TV and the web series and with that. Six television specials, six TV films, and um, yeah, it just, there's so many. And we talked about, you know, in the 80s, and we're going to watch this separately at some point, some of the TV series that came about later um scooby-doo and scrappy-doo which i thought came out i thought scooby-doo and scrappy-doo was like when we were like seven eight nine ten somewhere right. in there no 79 to 80 yeah because they it was already out i think all the stuff that i was seeing that and you then saw it was were, just was reruns, and, reruns and, syndication. and syndication yes yeah. and then they had another scooby-doo and scrappy-doo 80 to 82 the new scooby and scrappy-doo 83 to 84 a pup named Scooby-Doo, which I did think. I remember that one, too. That was 88 to 91. Um, and then they have a big gap. And then they restart everything up in 2002. But I think in between there, they were doing all the direct-to-video kind right. of things in the 90s. Because that was when that was really kind of a big deal. Um, yeah, I think the pup named Scooby-Doo or the, the new Scooby and Scrappy show, one of those, they had, like... A short thing at the beginning, like 15 minutes, and then they would have, like, another thing for 15 minutes. Probably the pup names could we do, because a lot of the stuff, like, the newer Muppet Babies thing we saw, we're starting yeah. to do the, the 15 and 15, remember? Yeah, and, like, Garfield and Friends was the same yeah. way. And even, if you remember, the new Flintstones or the Flintstone Babies, and yeah. then they would have, like, Captain Caveman. I wonder, do or you they would have, like, because rotating. they were shooting at a young audience that they didn't think had the attention span? I think so. So and they were I just really think, quick stories? Yeah, and I think um, that they were like, oh, there was a big, there was a big thing, I don't know if you remember this, about Sesame Street and Sesame Street affecting kids' attention spans mm -hmm. because uh, everything on Sesame Street is like two to three minutes, like segments, mm -hmm. right? And um, and then even now are done that way. Like later shows like Fairly Odd Parents would have an A story and then a B story, um, 15 minutes and 15 minutes, as yeah. opposed to one longer half hour. Yep. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. That's interesting. Alvin the Chipmunks we watched was done that way too, right? It was, they had yeah. two stories? Yep. Yeah. So, um, so, really kind of interesting. Not as interesting, though, as Linda Cardellini, who's the person who played there Velma. We go. That We call that a callback, because I just remember. I only, I only remember, like, oh, that girl who went out with jaded Jason Siegel. Yes. And when they broke up, that's he made for getting Sarah Marshall, like, based on their breakup. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we will talk about our memories. And then we'll get into our full review. This podcast is supported by its creators. And listeners like you. Help keep our show ad-free by visiting our website, StopRuiningMyChildhood.com. There you can find links to our social media. And this very podcast you're currently listening to. Both Megan and I are authors, and you can find links to our books on our About page. 
And on our Watch With Us page, you can find videos and links for all the shows and movies we discuss on the podcast. And more importantly, links to buy the nostalgic snacks we review as well. We also post bonus content about once a month. So like, subscribe, and follow. For a small, independent podcast like ours, it really does make a difference. Thanks! All right, everybody, we're back. My name is Megan. I'm Steve. And we are going to be talking about Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? So... Memories. 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 All alone in the moonlight. Nice. I sang you a song. I liked that. That was very romantic on the podcast. (laughs) Um, So, I'll go first. Okay. And then you can go. Um, I I hated this show as a kid. What? I'm so sorry. Absolutely. I need something to throw. I'm going to probably have a couple arch nemeses after this episode. Rightfully so. Um, I might be one of them. Here's why. (laughs) No. Here's why. I really loved reading books and i love storytelling and it drove me banana we used to watch this at my daycare um this would be on and then also another show that i hate inspector gadget and i hate it for the same reason so they would watch this and i'd be like i have to like go in a different room and sometimes you can't because it's like winter so you can't like go anywhere so we would be in the basement um of the daycare it was like a finished basement mm-hmm. and that's where all the kids would be and um i i don't like i don't like shows that have the same plot every week i don't like it I don't like it now, and I really didn't like it back then. And I just felt like it was stupid. I felt like it's just, it's you never a child. It's never a ghost. Why were you so pretentious? As a child? <laughs> I wasn't pretentious. I just believe in good writing. And, um,. <laughs> And if you if you're a reader and you're ridiculous used, thing I've heard if, I feel like if you're a reader and you're used to good storytelling, then you have to sit in front of this nonsense, and you're like, oh, I just didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, that's that's it. <laughs> I just felt like it was torture. A half hour of torture. I think now I remember liking a pup named Scooby Doo. I don't know why. Uh, better because my brother liked it and i would like put up with it but um what i I, yeah i don't i don't the formula it's the formula Mm. having said that i noticed things watching it as an adult that probably because it annoyed me as a kid i wasn't paying attention to Mm -hmm. and i think i have a better appreciation for it now if that helps but it annoyed me too that it was never a real go i also think because i read like you did like sci-fi stuff even like little i would read that kind of thing like just there's never a ghost so why are you zoinkies it's a ghost who there's not a ghost you've been through this 78 million times it's never a ghost it's always the creepy janitor or whatever first off get shaggy's name out of your mouth with your disrespectful (laughs) I didn't say Shaggy's. But you did the Zoinkies. <laughs> I did. Um, I, first off, the problem is this. I think you and I watched it at different times. Because I was very little watching oh, this. Oh, okay. I wasn't like, you know, sitting in the booth theater critic watching <laughs> Scooby-Doo. I was watching it when I was like four or five, maybe six years old. I'm thinking the daycare, so I would have, Tim would have been there too. I was probably first, second, third grade. Yeah. Okay, so maybe like eight, 
Eight, nine, nine yeah. maybe. Yeah. Okay. So but, maybe too old for it? I yeah, don't know. I don't know about that, but still. So <laughs> I recall, my memories are, um, I especially before school, but even when I started school and then we get home, um, when I was very young, I was babysat by my grandfather, who was retired already. And he... Uh, he couldn't do a whole lot because he was he was older to begin with, but he'd had emphysema. Um, he had he had actually worked in a truck a tire factory. Okay. And breathing fumes and stuff had given it made him. He maybe he may have already had emphysema, but it made it worse. Hmm. And so he couldn't really. It's not like we went out and did jogging or went to the park right. or anything. Yeah. But and he used to like to hang out and do crossword puzzles and things like that. Um, or word no the word searches where you right. circle them. Which was cool anyway. Besides that, though, there was shows, cartoons that he knew I liked and he'd put on for me. And I remember Scooby-Doo being it. And, it, and I'm pretty sure it was this original Where Are You, Scooby-Doo. Because, I, I mean, the intro, the song, everything I recall very vividly, right? Um, and I just thought it was kind of neat. I liked the fact that they're chasing it's silly. You know, Shaggy and Scooby are kind of silly. But there actually is a mystery to it. And... Um, you know, granted, they're always gonna unmask the person, but you never knew. Not to mention, yeah. as a little kid, it was more the monsters were kind of interesting. Oh. Like, they're all drawn differently, like, one time, like, in the episodes we saw, there's a knight, there's a yeah. hide, right? There's all right. these different things. Um, fake ghosts, and how did they do it, right? Things like that. I liked Scooby-Doo. I think my favorite was, I was never a big Shaggy fan. Mm. I will defend him from your nonsense but i was not a huge shaggy fan i really liked fred mm-hmm. um and scooby and maybe daphne i wasn't a big velma fan either only because i had gotten glasses very young like five years old right and i was like how can she drop her glasses every episode like like i i was taught to like make sure you don't drop these because they're expensive right right um but yeah so i i do it brings back memories of watching Scooby-Doo, but also good memories of my grandfather who passed away when I was like 10, 9 or 10. Did you see the live action movie? Because I have not. With Sarah Michelle Gellar? Yeah. And, and, oh, of course I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I didn't see it. You know, as we'll, we'll talk about in October when we get to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I had a huge crush on Sarah Michelle Gellar. So anything, you know, she could have been in a potato sack and I would have watched it for two hours. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of wanted to see the two live actions with that group. They they did two of them. They did two of them, yeah. Um, and I don't. I think it was just the timing was right. I was like, I think my last year of college, something like that. So I just didn't. It was just a timing issue. Okay. And then I just never saw them. Um. Okay. So one of us enjoyed it as a kid, and one did not. Um, it's always a party pooper. <laughs> let's get it. Let's see what we thought about it as adults. Um, Scooby-Doo, where are you? Season one, episode one, the pilot. What a night for a night. Now, I do like a pun. You do like wordplay. <laughs> it's a night with an N and then for a night with a K. Right. Yeah. Um, so, let's talk about the theme song right off the right bat. Right off the bat. Loved it. Different from what I remember, though. Yep. I'm wondering if I only, like, so I, I remember the 80s iconic, version. Iconic, first off, iconic entry. Yeah. Old ghosty house with bats flying at yes. you. Yes. And then scooby dooby doo I mean, classic. It, it really is of its time. It sounded like the Partridge Family, the Monkees. Um, it's, it is like, 
after the Beatles, but before disco. Mm-hmm. So there is like a particular sound. It's that late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really liked it. Um, and I forgot, oh, we didn't mention that Casey Kasem is the voice of Shaggy. I forgot to mention that before. Casey Kasem was an American DJ who looked pretty much almost the same (laughs) until his, until he passed away in 2014. Um, But he was really known for doing American top 40. Yeah. Casey's countdown. Yeah. Casey, Casey Kasem and the, the American top 40. And now I think, does Ryan Seacrest still do that? I don't know. I remember because I stopped paying attention to it, but I remember a long time in my teen years and even early twenties, you could still hear it on the radio. Like, on the weekend, it was either Saturday or Sunday, they would have it on. He voiced Shaggy from 1969 until 1997. Wow. And then again from 2002 to 2009. So he really was into that character. Yeah. I mean, that's... Well, he had a very unique voice for it as well. That's true. And I do think... I, I haven't seen the movie. I've seen clips, though. I think Matthew Lillard kind of captures that pretty mm-hmm. well um, in, in his version. But, yeah, I, I put... Oh, I forgot it's Casey Kasem. <laughs> right. Because his voice is so distinctive. The dog... um, Scooby-Doo... I didn't remember him... I don't know. I remembered either him not talking at all or talking. And it's kind of like in between. Yeah. He never talked like he was always like partial talking like the best a dog would be able to do maybe. (laughs) Okay. He's like, he's like, let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Would you, you, will you expect him to be like, excuse me, Shaggy? I think I found a clue. No, I just don't. (laughs) I didn't remember. I don't know. When he started talking, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Like he doesn't fully talk like a Disney cartoon would do or even the other Hanna-Barbera. But then I feel like when they did the one with Scrappy-Doo, Scrappy-Doo is a talker. Yeah, I hated Scrappy-Doo. Well, a lot of people do. But oh, yeah. Sco- Megan, Scooby-Doo's a dog. He doesn't have human vocal cords. He's doing the best he can. <laughs> I'm not giving him a hard time. <laughs> I'm just saying I think it's interesting that Scrappy is like, hey, guys, let's go. We got to go get him. Yeah. And well, Scooby-Doo's like, snack times? Well, Scooby-Doo was a dog doing his best. Scrappy-Doo was a demon from hell. Stop it. And they can look or sound like anything they want. Um, there's also a laugh track, like a sitcom. I was going to... I mentioned that. That's the first thing I wrote down in my notes. I put... the laugh track on cartoons lol and i put lots of i've never that's hilarious to me it's hilarious and also what especially i didn't notice this as much in the the second episode we watched which was in season two Mm -hmm. but this first episode with the pilot and this is very typical of other 60s and 70s shows as well they'll have a laugh track there's nothing funny going on like, they're like, yeah, let's go get pizza. And they'll have drinks like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing funny in that. Um, which just made me laugh also. I also had a note, does the girl's voice change? Because the girls sounded different. And yes, indeed, we have a different Daphne after this. Between season one and season two. Yeah, between season one and season two, we have a different Daphne. So an overview of the episode we forgot to do because we've been chatting. Yeah, so a night for a night. It starts off with with a uh, archaeologist or a professor. His mm-hmm. name is actually I wrote it down. Professor Hyde White. 
yeah. um, is transporting from London. He's transporting a suit of armor, the Black Knight, to the county museum. Now, it never tells us what county it's in. Right. Um, but the county museum. And as he's driving down the road, you see in the back of his pickup truck the, ca- the crate open and you see the knight kind of coming to life. Yes. And and kind of stands up and starts to, like, you know, scarily lean towards the front of the truck. And then it, it doesn't show anymore. Right. So the, ba- the basic overview is that's how it starts. Basically, the professor who's driving the truck disappears. Yep. They try to find the professor. Um, they think that the ghost of the night might have taken him. Um, they have some hijinks in the museum. Where they're running around and being chased and all that. Yep. And then they catch the knight, and then the knight is unmasked or de-hooded? Yeah, unmasked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do piece by piece. The first beginning part, <laughs> this is the first thing that struck me in the beginning piece. So that's kind of like setting up the problem, right? They see the Shaggy and Scooby are coming back from a movie. Yeah, and f- walking through the woods. At night. Yeah. And a frog scares them. Yes, a frog scares them. And then they come upon the they come upon the this this mystery. They they go and grab the rest of the gang. And we f- see for the first time the mystery van. Yes. Now, here's my question. Are they living in the mystery well, this is an interesting thing. I had always wondered as a kid, why the hell they have this van, right? <laughs> they just happened. They just wrote, they just painted their own van, or they bought one that said "mystery van" on it, and they ha- tend to fall, trip upon mysteries. But now that you're saying that originally they were going to make them a band. That makes more sense. That does make more sense. That maybe that was they were like the mystery band, right? You know, we know one of the original names was that was it the Mystery Five? Yeah, something like but that. But yeah. then they ended up. I mean, I don't recall ever seeing the Scooby Doo group play as a band. But I wonder if that was easy to cut out. But the van wasn't because they're driving in it all the time. I do rem. I. Well, now I was going to say I do remember. Now I'm thinking, no, I remember the Archies mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's drawn very yep. similar. And the Pussycats. And the Pussycats, yeah. So what happens is that they run over, Fred, Velma, and Daphne are all there. And Fred goes, looks like we've got another mystery on our hands, gang. And he slams <laughs> shut the door of the van and it says the mystery. It says the mystery van. Yeah, the, the mystery, mystery machine. And I'm like, and this is so typical of cartoons, but a lot of times you do get the lore, right? Here. I was expecting the pilot to yeah. maybe be like a, like a, um, getting know, the gang together. Yeah, getting the gang together, like an origin story, but they just no. start off like we do mysteries. Yeah, they're in Medias Race. They're in the middle of things, and it's just right off the bat, we do mysteries. This is what we do. Go with it. Yeah. And people are like, oh, all right. <laughs> I really was hoping from that as well. And I wasn't sure for a while if we even saw the pilot um, because they don't explain anything. I also forgot that Shaggy says things like, um, like, wow, man, the moon was so full last night. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of funny. 
Okay. It's a very distinct character. I don't get as distinct of a character. Daphne especially. So Fred is like the leader of the group. Right? Um, Shaggy and Scooby are best friends and they're kind of like the instigators of a lot of the stuff. Right. Velma is kind of like the brainy, like she does research in Mm -hmm. libraries and drops her glasses. And then I was like, I don't get what, like, what does Daphne actually do? But then when you look closer, a lot of the times she's the one who sees the clues. Right. Daphne's also, she's the hot one. I'm aware of that, but what's her function? To be hot. No, this is like in um, Galaxy well, Quest yeah. where you have the hot girl just repeating what yeah. the computer no, said. No, she does, she does find clues sometimes. Um, and she also, I mean, there's also like the underlying thing of like her and Fred, will they, won't they? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people think Fred's gay. No, not at all. That's ridiculous. A lot of people Well, think a lot Fred's of people gay. are wrong and they're trying to like, you know project some of their own feelings i think no a lot of people Um, think that both fred like that that fred is supposed to be gay and that velma is supposed to be gay no and the the creators are like no they're based on dobie gillis and it's the ascot fred is into daphne he's always like okay daphne and i'll go this way and uh the three of you go that way or you know shag and scoob you go check the basement and velma Screw off. I don't care where you go. No. Let's just say this. Just because a man likes a nice white sweater and an ascot does not mean that he's gay. Especially but not when be. it was when it was drawn in the times and it was supposed to be like a preppy kind of thing. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. You're making me angry. I, that's a huge fan theory. I can't like not yeah. mention. Um, okay. So then we have the second part where now they've met... Um, the person who runs the they museum. They met Mr. Wiggles, who is the curator of the museum. And he has an important role when they first meet him because he explains the legend of the Black Knight. Yeah. Which is that this, this you know, Black Knight suit of armor that w- that was that they delivered to the, the museum because it was still in the truck even though the professor was gone. Yep. Um, it supposedly comes to night or comes to life during a full moon. Yes. But they also have random afraid noises, I noticed. So that's when Shaggy goes, like, the mood was so full. But then they go, yes, it was delivered from England. And then Scooby goes, like, but... England's not scary. There's nothing scary about it being delivered from England. I don't... If he was like, it was delivered from England and eight people died in the transport. Um, Yeah, the... um, Then we find some clues... There's spectacles. Well, but even before that, I want to point out something that I wrote down that I found was interesting. Oh, what did you find interesting? Just from plot line and things like that, right? Mm. They, after they hear this, they go to the library to do research. Yes. And I thought that was neat and interesting. It's not like they just stumbled around till they found stuff. They went and did research, like, on the armor and stuff at the library, which was really interesting. Yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. Um... So there is something to be learned, kids. But Velma is the one reading the book and telling well, she them has about the glasses. it. Right? But she's again. And then Fred kind of makes the plan. Yep. What are we gonna do next? So then we have this then we have the hijinks at the museum. So this kind of brings us into kind of the, the second act. They they do as you mentioned, they go back to the museum at night. There are two things here. The first thing is how they get into the museum. The, 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 that's the whole yeah because they Fred goes all right 
Shaggy, you're the you're gonna go up the lag ladder. Why is Shaggy going up the ladder? Because he's the thinnest. Forget you, Daphne. <laughs> but well, then Daphne <laughs> Daphne follows up with Shaggy's a great gymnast. Yeah. He's the best gymnast in our high school. I actually wrote, wrote down the actual words she said. The the ladder wobbles, and they're like, I don't know if it's tall enough for him to make it in the top window. And they and she goes, Shaggy's the swingingest gymnast in school. Yeah, I wrote down with five question marks and drew boxes around it. Shaggy's a gymnast? I've never been aware of this. But also the swingingest gymnast. And they set this down right in the first episode. Yes. And I don't think they, they ever bring it up probably Well, again. this is the problem. They should have, because we all look at Shaggy and go, oh, he's a slacker. Yeah, and really all he does is watch Scooby-Doo. But he's got this distinct skill set he brings to the group. Yeah. He's a gymnast. Later on, we see he's a ventriloquist. Yes. Um, is he the only one who can hear Scooby talking? No, I think they all can. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know because maybe the pot. Um, so... <laughs> The, yeah, so he swings up and does like a flip into the window. The other thing is, you don't need to do any of this because you're working with Professor Wiggles who runs the museum and is the curator and wants your help. Trust no one, Megan. <laughs> I guess not. It's the first lesson we learned from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Scooby so anyway, they tap out a few things. The eyes of the mask follow him. Um, Scooby agrees to stand on guard for two snacks. Now at this point, Steve, I pause the thing and Steve goes... That's our dog. Yeah. <laughs> she is also a cowardly dog, like Scooby-Doo, but she would try to be braver if Stacks were involved. You know, it's also cool because I will say, when you're talking about our dog, we have a coon hound, Lucy, and she's about 80 pounds, so she's not as big as Scooby, but she's a, she's a, a, Listen, a rather large dog. She lost a little weight recently. I know, I'm we're not shaming her. You're like, but she's a fatty. She's, she's kind of a bigger dog. Yeah, she's a big dog. And as I watch this, I'm going, you know, this is really, it is still early animation, mm-hmm. but as much as they kind of did a caricature of Daw of a Great Dane with Scooby. A lot of his leg work and how he walks is very accurate. Yeah, it's pretty accurate to her how our dog Yeah, moves. it was like anatomically for a dog, the yeah. animator did a good job here. It's it's interesting because you're right. So I wanna say, as we're doing the hijinks, they have things like their legs move in circles before they actually run. Yeah. Right. They reuse some clips where they loop it while they're mm. running from room to room. Having said that, the animation was better than a lot of the other Hanna-Barbera stuff right. that I've seen. Captain Caveman is very sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, Yogi Bear is very, like, angular and kind of cheap looking. Yep. The Flintstones is a whole other kettle of fish. This was like also 69, and as we mentioned in our first episode, in the 80s, He-Man was doing a lot of looping. Yeah, like they when were there was running and things like that. Yeah, they were because it costs so much to do the animation yeah. and, and this they're doing cells still at this point. It's not like computerized, obviously. All right. My favorite part. Um, first, that classic Velma loses her glasses and by doing so, she's hunting around for them and the night trips over her. Yeah. And into the into the stocks. Right. <laughs> but my favorite part is that. This is a museum of many things. There, There's a dinosaur there. Scooby, in the midst of all this, sees the dinosaur bone and is like, that's a big bone! Yeah. And runs for the dinosaur leg. Oh, 
I that's love legit. That. Like that I is think hilarious. that would, I think our dog would do the same. Oh thing. yeah, our dog has grabbed a bone that was wider than a door frame and then slammed into the door frame, yeah. not being able to get it out of the room. Um, they have a secret room. Then they find a, a, more clues. A secret room with copied paintings. There's a gag where Scooby dresses as a painter in like artist clothes with like a beret and a smock and all that. Um, and then they hide in a bearskin rug. Yes. <laughs> this part took a really long time. Like the hijinks, the hijinks chase scene. This part. is why I never like. This is one of the reasons I don't like this show. You know how I feel about a chase scene. And I was legitimately almost falling asleep because it was a long chase scene with not too much really. Go- I mean, it's all funny little gags here and Right, there. it's little gags and yeah. things. But I did like that they did pick up clues. Yeah, they did you as know, they went. I don't remember that as much from being really little. I remembered there being yeah. running and hijinks. But I was looking, I was watching this as, this week when we watched it. I was like, all right, they're really legitimately putting clues in that did make sense to the end yeah, result. Yeah, it did. And that's actually, so that, when I said that I appreciated some things about it more as an adult, I didn't like this show, so I really did not pay attention to it. And um, that was one thing that I noticed that I didn't realize. That it is a lot like, they do the same, like you mentioned Murder, She Wrote, mm-hmm. which I kind of do like. Um, I didn't as a kid, but I kind of do like now. They are trying to, like, they have the fact that it's from England. There are spectacles that they find. They find, like, somebody's shoe. They find, like, different clues like that. And if you are paying attention, you can put them together and realize who it is that's under the mask. So it really, when I saw it as a kid, I really thought it was people pretending that there were ghosts and that it was never ghosts and they were surprised it was never ghosts. But the real thing isn't, is it a ghost or not? The real thing is who's doing the misdeeds, mm-hmm. right? Who's behind the the crimes? Right. Um, and the answer is... The answer was Mr. Wiggles, the curator. Yes. Professor Hyde White is... The, was the eyes in the mask that followed Shaggy because he was tied up. Yeah, he was tied and gagged and then because, set up to look like an exhibit. Because he would have known the real paintings from the fake paintings. Right. And Mr. Wiggles was... I can't say that without laughing. Mr. Wiggles was an art forger, which also... This was the other thing that made me laugh. This is pretty sophisticated idea for a children's show that yeah. you have an art forgery plot and the whole thing <laughs> the whole thing rests upon him trying to recreate rembrandt paintings yeah it's actually pretty smart i mean in the 60s that a guy gets a job as a yeah. curator and at night when no one's there he's replacing he's he's painting copies and replacing them and taking the ones that are valuable yeah and that you would then have a professor of art who would know the difference between the real and the right. fake. Um, we, we have more tests for that now, but art forgery is, even now, art forgery is a huge... Millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. So, yeah, they get they, oh, they, they find the professor, they pull up, and it's funny because Scooby-Doo actually finds a professor. Yes. He grabbed his shoe off of his foot right. and yes. fa- realized it was not a dummy. Right. But... Um, they find the professor, and the one last thing that I was left with is, I said, all right, so they've saved the day. They've found the professor, 
They've they've stopped the, this forgery ring. Mm-hmm. Okay, they've solved the mystery. How many of thousands of dollars were done in damage in the in the in the museum during their chase and hijinks? Well, when he pulled the bone out of the dinosaur, it all fell apart, but then it fell back together in the. He right put shape. it back. Yeah. Yeah. Scooby fixed it. Yeah, he fixed it. So probably not too. But much. there was a lot of other things that got ran into oh, and yeah. knocked down, like vases yeah. and Velma's glasses and yeah. all those kind of things. So that was episode one. Then we watch season two, episode one, Nowhere to Hide. So here, the basic plot is um, there is a supposed ghost of Hyde. They're calling it the ghost of Hyde. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, it steals some jewelry. And while the the gang is at a malt shop, um, they Hyde jumps into the back of their van. Now they're pulled into the mystery. Right. So they go to a an old spooky house and they meet Dr. Jekyll because of course they do who's the ancestor of the original Dr. Jekyll yes and he tells them that he's afraid he might be the ghost of Hyde because that's what happened to his ancestor um again hijinks ensue here they had a lot more clues they and we'll, did we'll talk about and they also have a maid at this house, and eventually um, they have a little hijinks where they all dress up as Hyde, the ghost of Hyde. Yeah. And um, and then by doing that, they trap the person doing the all these things, and then yep. they unmasking occurs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess we don't have to go into too much detail here. I did like, I did like that, um, well, first of all, I was like, is it a goblin stealing jewelry? Because it's green. It's all green. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the policeman blows his whistle and he's like, the ghost of Hyde. So this is someone the police have seen before. Have seen and have a name for. I did like that kind of like the first episode. We have a little bit of the gang not doing mysteries. Right. And a very teenage like. 50, yeah, they're hanging 60s out, having ice cream out. and, and milkshakes. Yeah. And um, Scooby steals all Shaggy's ice cream. Yeah, it's a magic trick. It's a magic trick that our dog has also tried. Yeah. She has allergies. <laughs> Shaggy's the only one whose milkshake has a pickle on top. Right. Even Scooby's has a cherry. Except, and, and yeah, and Shaggy's like, pickles and ice cream, because he's supposed to be a pothead, like he'll eat anything. He never says that, Megan. But I, I, will, like I will also <laughs> say this. It's not a pickle on top of his ice cream. It's a jalapeno. It looks like a jalapeno, or it could be like one of those gherkins, like the little pickles. No, it had a stem like a jalapeno. I'm, I'm gonna. That's, I'm gonna die on this hill. Okay. (laughs) No. Um. Yeah. So maybe it was a gherkin. That's a good point. But then we come to the. So I liked the gag at the back of the van. I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. That Mr. Hyde hid under the blanket. We have a lot of clues here. So the first is that there's mud on the shoes that they find. Mm-hmm. Then they find old costumes. Yep. Then they find a newspaper clipping of Helga, the German maid. Um, and she had a circus act. She was an acrobat. She was an she acrobat. Could, and she did a fly show where she could, like, walk on walls. Right. Then we have um, ironing with shoes, a mm-hmm. feather duster, and knockout drugs. 
and phosphorus paint. And phosphorus because paint. Because Mr. Hyde's ghost Yes, I have that too. Bit. Phosphorus paint under the bed. But it was the knockout drugs that really gave me pause. Yeah. <laughs> like this guy has, just has quaaludes or well, roofies yeah. or whatever. And he said, well, you know, Dr. Dr. Jekyll had said, I was trying to remake the initial thing that my great my great ancestor had, but I drank it and then I lost consciousness. Right. And then I woke up and I had these jewels or whatever. Yeah, supposedly, yes. While they're running through the house doing chasing, Scooby finds a mouse hole and a mouse comes out and is like, yeah, chew Scooby out a little bit for for knocking on his door. I did think it was kind of funny. Um, Helga cleans the attic. She goes, I've just cleaned in here. And they're like, what? And they go, oh, and they sneeze and there's dust everywhere. Yes. So she's not really and Shaggy's doing her like, job. what did it look like before she started cleaning? Yeah. Um, and then classic again. We have a classic bit. Hyde is hiding behind a bookcase. And then they go room to room, kind of Benny Hill style. Yes. Um, he ties Shaggy up and he threatens to turn Shaggy into a frog. I don't know how that would happen. They also have this bit where Shaggy and Scooby are hiding in the TV. Yeah, and every time Hyde changes the channel, they switch costumes and do yeah. a different bit. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty ingenious, actually. And, um, and while all this is going on, this is... My favorite part of this episode is that there is what I wrote. This is a very boppy, archy sounding song and it's called Recipe for Love, but it doesn't fit. Well, because Hyde is like making potions, right? but it has nothing. The song's like, I've got a recipe for love and I love you and it's a good, like. It, it's just a campy chase song. <laughs> no, it's not a chase song at all. It's just a song that they probably were going to put on the Archies and didn't have room for it because it doesn't fit at all here. At all. And um, it just made me, it just made me laugh so hard. Um, they trap the ghost of Hyde by dressing up as Hyde. Yeah, they all dress up as a hide, and then the ghost is like, "What? Well, I, I'm if I like, I know I'm not the real one. Then maybe there is a real one." Yeah, and, yeah. But before they do that, they say he's a twenty-four karat phony. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I guess because, the real deal because twenty-four karat gold is like what you wanted. In but the he's day. a phony, and I guess because also there was a jewelry robbery at the beginning. Yeah. These are twenty-four. That's what they say. These are twenty-four karat gold bracelets, and he's a twenty-four karat phony. Yeah. But I don't. Anyway, they trap him in a mattress. So yeah, they they roll roll hide up in a mattress, and that's when they're able to unmask hide. And of course, we're going through all of the clues in this and i went well i already figured this out it's helga the maid no they pull the mask off and it's not helga the maid yeah i fell for the red herrings they even said as an adult you fell for the red herring they even said and if we're right if our clues were right it should be helga the maid and as they pull it off they go oh dr jekyll dr jekyll left those clues on purpose yeah he framed his I should have known because you said there's a lot more clues here. Yeah. It's what we call an orgy of evidence. That's not there was what too we call much it. evidence. <laughs> it, it was it was uh, it was left on purpose. Yes, there was too much evidence left on purpose. But my favorite, this is I'm sorry. Besides the song, my other favorite thing is that they go, yeah, I knew it wasn't Helga because of these suction cups that the, I forgot to mention. They found suction oh, cups. Oh yeah, Shaggy did. And Scooby uses them to go up the wall. 
And Shaggy goes, if it had been Helga, she wouldn't have needed the suction cups because she could just walk right up walls. Like, I think. Because <laughs> she's an acrobat. I know, but she's still. Well, he should know he's a gymnast. He's a gymnast. He's the most you, swinging are as you gymnast. challenging his specialty? <laughs> I'm not, I guess I shouldn't. So that ended our second episode. Um, and that brings us to a close. We watched one from season one and one from season two. Yes. So what did the critics have to say? So the critics, um, this actually, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? The original one that we're looking at actually had, was really well received. Hmm. Um, it was a huge hit for Hanna-Barbera and for CBS. Um, it actually led Hanna-Barbera to create more series. Oh, for okay. CBS, ABC, and NBC. So some of those were Josie and the Pussycats. Right. The Pebbles and Bam Bam show. Oh. The Pebbles, Dino, and Bam Bam segments. Right. Which were on the Flintstones comedy show. The Funky Phantom, Speed Buggy, uh, The Amazing Chan and the Chan Clan. I don't remember half of these. Inch High Private Eye. Goober and the Ghost Chasers? I don't recall that one. I remember Inch High Private Eye. They, did they rip off their own show with Goober and the Ghost Chasers? <laughs> Captain Caveman? Captain Caveman. And I the do Teen remember. Angels? Um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids? Oh. Um, and the new Schmoo, which I don't remember the new Schmoo at so all. So they got a lot of. Um, a lot more cartoons that were not violent. Like, that were nonviolent. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? was ranked the 24th greatest cartoon on IGN's Top 100 Animated Series. Mm. In UK, in Britain, in the UK, it was also really well received. Um, it was voted the 8th greatest kids TV show. Really? In the UK. Yeah. Um, which is pretty neat. Yeah. I don't um, like this show. <laughs> so I find it interesting that it's in the top 100. Like... It's an icon. It's yeah, but it's not. Who doesn't know Scooby Doo? Right, but I don't get it. I guess I liked it better here than I remembered as a kid. I really thought I was gonna be at like a one or a two. Maybe it's too highbrow for you. <laughs> Maybe it's too over your head. It's not highbrow. It's just that there's something like okay. I guess I I, I figured out part part of it is the formula, right? Mm. Part of it is. That there are there are ticks here that are very similar to a lot of bad sitcoms from the sixties, seventies, early eighties. That the laugh track when there are no laughs, the long hilarity chase scenes of hijinks and whatever. I did like. I thought it was interesting with the clues um, that they did kind of add up. That was kind of neat, especially in the later episode. I'm sure they have kind of more of those, like the the second one we saw. But um, this isn't like, to me, some of the better ones that we have seen, like Alvin and the Chipmunks I liked, um, Muppet Babies, like things that are more imaginative, I guess. Okay. I know so it, what, should, it should be imaginative because so there's monsters ranking? and things. Out of Scooby Snacks. Uh, I give it, I, I don't know. I was falling asleep to him. Um, at, at a certain point, because it was, and Steve was like, "Maggie, are you falling asleep?" Um, like a three or I'm like at a three or a four, I think. I'm gonna have to. You make your case, and maybe you'll pump pump me up. To well, I four. feel like I don't. I feel like this makes its case for me. I feel like I <laughs> rare. I should not have to defend Scooby Doo <laughs> to a red blooded American. 
Um, but I will say, okay, this has a great group of kids. Okay. All right. Healthy American teens. Um, you they, have. They do all have distinctive personalities. They're distinctive. Frank, you have Fred, you have Velma, Daphne, Shaggy, Scooby Doo, who's awesome, right? Um, they all, as we mentioned before, they kind of have their own little, they're distinct personalities, but they also have their own roles. Mm -hmm. um, and they all mesh well together. They mm -hmm. have uh, an awesome mystery van, the mystery machine. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, distinctive, kind of like the A team. Later on, yeah, it does right? look you a lot see like the mystery the machine and you know it's Scooby Doo mm -hmm. in the gang. Um, and and you know they did they had a gimmick, yeah, but they stuck to it. They solved mysteries. Megan, how many mysteries in the United States would have gone unsolved in the sixties, seventies, <laughs> and eighties had it not been for these meddling kids? It's. Just... I feel like that's an easy pitch. Oh, by the way, there's a great book called Med "These Meddling Kids." And it's like a, a book for adults, but mm -hmm. it's kind of, um, it's a group of adults who were in like a mystery solving group like this. So okay. it's kind of inspired by Scooby-Doo. That book's okay. All right. Well, so again, <laughs> I, I feel like I don't have to really back my decision up. I'm not going to be cra so crazy as to say this is a 10. Okay. It is okay. not. There are some flaws, right? We've discussed. Yeah. But I would say that it deserves... No, not not even deserves, all right? It has earned <laughs> at least seven Scooby Snacks. Mm. That's interesting. That's lower than I thought you would give it. I thought you'd give it maybe an eight. Well, you don't know so, everything about me. All right, I left I'm, some clues, but you didn't pick them up. <laughs> I did. Um, yeah, I guess I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a four. And again, th that's just a personal thing. It's just a personal thing. Okay. Like, one of the things is, does it hold up? It's pretty much what I remember. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, um, like, would I, would I have kids watch this? No, I wouldn't, because I don't want it. I don't want this in the background. And I don't want to be forced to watch it with children. See, I would. I, no, I can't deal with it. No. <laughs> Irreconcilable differences. I guess. All right. So, um. So together. Five and a half Scooby Snacks out of ten. Five and a half for the show. And I forgot what our snack. Two and a half? Yep. Two and a half. Two. No, two. You give it one, I give it three. Um. Five and a half for the show, two for the snack. Um, not a super great week, but listen, if you like Scooby Doo, you like Scooby Doo. I just want to put it out there that Megan brought down the score, just <laughs> yeah. for everyone listening. Yeah, I did. Um, sorry about that, but it is what it is. Um, so next time. Uh, now that we have Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, Steve is really our last summer pick it really is it's our transition into school <laughs> yeah it is so after this we're going to have a bonus episode for labor day coming up next actually yeah coming up next and that is office space i i lost the coin toss <laughs> because i wanted newsies and steve was like i don't want to watch a bunch of 12 year old boys singing songs <laughs> 
And office space is a quintessential work-related, like, I think everyone can relate to office space in some way or another Yeah. Um, for Labor Day. So, yeah. I, I will also say with office space that I think is going to be interesting is that the, the version I remember is, like, bits of it when you'd catch it on Comedy Central. So, like, edited and all of that. So, like, seeing So, office, you may not have seen the entire thing all I don't think I've ever seen... Wow. I, I've seen it all the way through. I mm. have. But I don't think I've seen the unedited version. So, like, the rated R regular, like, version. Okay. That happened to me also with Animal House. I had never seen the real Animal House. I didn't realize, like... Okay, you'd only seen pieces <laughs> on regular TV. Yeah. All right. All right. So, that is also what's coming up. We have Reading Rainbow. We have Reading Rainbow, and I actually don't have any What is Steve Willing to Watch? Because they're, okay, you can watch newer episodes of Reading Rainbow on Prime, but they have, like, random episodes from different seasons on Amazon Prime. Um, But the issue is that I wanted, like, the original... 1980s. So we'll just randomly grab a few. We're going to go on YouTube and find a couple. And I'm hoping that we can find ones of books that, like, maybe we watched, liked, enjoyed, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, Then after reading Rainbow, which is, like, back-to-school themed, we have a couple more back-to-school themed things. And that is, I have been waiting for this forever, ABC after-school specials. (laughs) We're going to do ABC after school specials instead of our typical movies. So we're going to watch like two or three of them. They're only about 45 minutes like a show. Okay. Um, But we're going to watch two or three kind of depending on how much time we have. And then after that, our um, cartoon for back to school is Magic School Bus. So that's what's coming up. Reading Rainbow after school specials, which should be amazing. And then um, Magic School Bus. Um, And yeah, so those are our September picks. And um, until then, my name is Megan. And I'm Steve. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 